Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, In the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructionals right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Boom. Okay. We are back. Back again. Back again. The rare Wednesday night post-training uh, podcast recording. Yeah, we did this one other time right before Thanksgiving. Did we? Yep. Did the... Uh, it was a Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night. Yep. I think post-training. Yeah. Podcast. We had to get it in this week because you were gone over the week. We were both gone. We were both gone. That's right. Yes. You went to see your family in Texas. And yep. I went to Nogi Worlds and. Ripping people's feet off. Went to Yeah. 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 Wasn't the prettiest. But uh, um, yeah. So now we're meeting back in Colorado to talk about it. That's right. So yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely an interesting, fun fun trip man so yeah how was your trip how's how's texas um it was good yeah and see i mean i've been there quite a few times my brother lives in mansfield yeah which is a fucking suburb somewhere i don't know i fly into dallas fort worth catching uber to his house and that was well we didn't really go anywhere we stayed in his little town i, I was just there to see the fam you know yeah see my little nephews and my mom flew out from michigan so i got to see my mom 
How's the weather? Any warmer there? Um, man, the first couple days I was there, it was kind of windy and chilly, man. Like, really, yeah. 45 degrees, kind of just yeah. not nice. Uh, but then the, the last day I was there, it, it get, the sun came on, it was kind of nice, like 50s, you know. But still, nothing fantastic. Nothing that's going to make me want to move to Texas right. time too soon. No, no, especially that area, which I know too, all too well. That's like, I mean, Dallas is, I was born in Ardmore. Oklahoma, so it's right between Oklahoma City and Dallas, so a little like maybe an hour or less over the Oklahoma border. So, yeah, and I uh, I know that area of the country pretty well. And then yeah, I lived in Tyler, which is two hours east of Dallas, so that was between Dallas and Louisiana border. So. Yeah, spent an inordinate amount of time of my life in that area of yeah. the country. Yeah. I can see the draw to want to live there, man. Like the cost of living is cheap. It's man, cheap. You can you can get a nice fucking house. That's yeah. You know, way cheaper than what you can get here in Colorado for sure. Yeah, but you gotta live in goddamn Texas. You gotta live in Texas. So. That's the problem. Yeah, it's 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 a lifestyle thing. Yeah. The. Uh, um, I remember when I lived in Hawaii, they call it the paradise tax. It's like, man, you're just, you're paying more for everything when you live here. It's like, it's fucking paradise. It's like, there's a tax on paradise, motherfucker. So if you don't want to pay the paradise tax, the cost of living, uh, can definitely be cheaper. But I've been there though, man. Like I bought a house in Tyler and it was a house on an acre of land for like $90,000. And you're not even sniffing that out here, dude. Here, yeah, that's like a down payment <laughs> yeah. on something, and maybe, maybe, maybe you ain't getting an acre of land and, and a decent house for, anyways. But that's so <clears throat> you know, and it was good for a while, but it uh, for us and our lifestyle, like coming from Hawaii, and that's the other thing with uh, with Texas, which you know, by the way, I got nothing against Texas, Texas is great. I love Texans. I'm glad those motherfuckers are on our side, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but uh, there's not nearly as much public land in Texas. I mean, I'm sure that there, there are parks and there's public, you know, national land and public land. But if you don't live near those areas, dude, you're just like driving and there's just like thousands and thousands and thousands of acres around you. And it's just all fenced off and it's just all private land from these big ranches and other things. And so like, your recreation options are pretty limited. Like I got to know the Tyler State Park pretty fucking well in my two years of living there. And so, but anyways, and then around here, dude, there's trails that like I haven't seen in years because there's so much shit around here to do. And so, yeah, it's it's just different, uh, different, different options for people. But yeah, it all depends on what you want to do, man. Like, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. I'm going snowboarding Friday. First time this season, so I'm, I'm pretty fucking stoked. Nice, man. Yeah, we've been getting some snow this year. Yeah. It's definitely not as dry as last season. Nope, we've been getting plenty of snow, so that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, and you live in Texas, you can't snowboard. It's tougher, yeah. You're not gonna, you gotta <laughs> travel. You gotta travel. You gotta long. travel further than 45 minutes to, where you going, to Powderhorn? Yeah, I just gonna, yeah, yeah, just gonna go to Powderhorn. Yeah. A 45-minute drive up the hill. and Dude, that's the cool thing go. here, man. Like, around, you got so many options i mean yeah we got a ski resort 45 minutes away and then within three hour drive man you've just got just so many world-class 
several ski, ski resorts. Yeah, ski resorts. Two, three hour yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the summertime, you know, same thing. And you got Moab, less than two hours away, and you just got so much, so much shit. So I mean, and dude, dude it's pretty nice here in the wintertime. Like today, dude, it was nice out in the sun. It was summer. nice. I mean, yeah. it, it probably got, I don't know what the temp was, but it had to have got close to 50 degrees in the sun. Yeah. I mean, you got in the shade, it was still a little cool. Oh, man, the sun was out. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad You got, all. like, one out of every five winters that are, like, well, you get the inversion we'll, going. We'll be some shitty days, don't yeah. worry. No, 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 I know. I know. There's some some winters where I'm just like, dude, I got to move. <laughs> but then I start looking, and, you know, for this area, God, it's really, like, it's hard to beat. Like, cost of living versus like quality of lifestyle um yeah it's just like this spot you start looking around and you're like fuck anywhere that's got a quality of lifestyle like so much more expensive and if you want to live cheaper it's like shit i gotta live there which is not where i want to live so find myself here in, in good old Frida and junction for the last 10 years but uh i'm pretty pumped on man i mean it's you know, it's a good spot. We now we got fucking awesome jujitsu, too. I mean, I gotta say, I wouldn't want to train at any other gym, man. I love our gym. Yeah, our gym's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if we did, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like that. That competition definitely taught me that we're, you know, what we're doing in our four walls. Um, you know, we're. We're doing all right. I mean, you're, we're not getting out there and, and being outmatched uh, too often, um, if ever. So for a small, small town, our jiu-jitsu is pretty fucking solid. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't I mean, feel like there's shoot, holes we, in it and shit. You no, know, we got a good coach and we fucking train hard. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we get in there and get after it. Well, we got a good yeah. mix, man. It's yeah. such a good mix. Like I said, like, that's the cool thing about our gym is it's like, you get, you know... There's so many different looks and or you know so many different you know styles and it's like you get out there and it's like oh this is like so and so man this fucker's got nothing and you, I don't ever you know I don't get out there and and just like oh what the fuck's going on here you know I don't ever see this it just isn't you know in the gym so it's uh yeah it's it's fucking cool I like our gym it's it's good that you you know kind of. I guess for lack of better explanation, like learn that lesson. You knew that, but like going and competing, it reemphasizes it because you know how it is. They, you take for granted what's easy access to you. Mm-hmm. You do, and you can. You start in, and the more you access you have to something, that you start to downplay, and it's not so special. Yeah. And so you don't realize that you know what we have is a pretty special little thing, man. And you know, for anybody listening, like. Yeah, if you got a good jiu-jitsu school to train at, a lot of good training partners, you can't discount that. No. There, there's a lot of places out there that don't have that. Yeah. And yeah. There is. It's, you know, because it's, it's not just a matter of bodies, which is important, you know, in different body types and skill sets, but the vibe, too. You know, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And then, yeah, you go into, I mean, you go into a lot of gyms and it's not like that. I mean, there is a lot of good jiu-jitsu gyms that are just like that, but there's also a lot that aren't. Yeah. And so you you do. You take it for granted. Yeah. But venturing out and seeing other shit makes you realize, like, all right, we're we're on the right track. Our our ship's missing the iceberg. It's it's still on the right course. Yeah, yeah, man. No. Yeah, that was was definitely a big takeaway 
from me from this tournament was like, yeah, we're we're doing good, man. It's uh, so I'm I'm fucking pumped to come back and train even harder because I mean that's the cool thing I've said it a bunch of times. Like with jujitsu, it's you like yeah, it's an individual sport. It, you know, it's not like basketball or football where there's teammates out there that you can lean on or kind of hide behind. I mean, it is mono e mono. It is you and what you bring to the table versus someone else, and, and there's nowhere to hide. But you can't bring anything to the table without coaches and training partners. Nope. You have to have good coaches and good training partners to, to build the tool set that you need to, to do that. And so, you know, I realized that like there was, cause you know, I went one and one and, and there was like a, you know, a picture the IBJJF, you know, posted of, you know, me getting my hand raised and I had this epiphany. I was like, man, cause I remember the moment and it, it's a moment like getting your hand raised. There's a moment and there's like so much that goes into that, but it's like, man, I can't happen without good teammates and coaches. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. So it's like, like that moment was as much about like the people that weren't there and all the shit that they've done for me as it was for me. You know, it was like, I just wanted to be able to reflect back everything that I've gotten from you guys. And, you know, luckily I was able to, you know, win one of my matches, but that was, uh, I don't know. I just had this epiphany, man. I was like looking at it that night, probably a couple beers in. And uh, I was like, man, that's fucking cool. Like, I remember that moment. Like those moments, they're not, they're, they're pretty rare. They're very fleeting. They're very fleeting. And, and when you sit back and really think about all the effort that went in to getting you to that one fucking moment. Yeah, to get your it, hand raised over somebody who is fucking just as game, you know, trying just as hard as you were. Yeah. Like so much sweat and blood, maybe some tears and sacrifice and frustration and joy like there's so so much time went in just into that fucking two seconds yeah at the end when you know you get it's 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 a little mind-boggling when you think about it yeah yeah it is it's, it's humbling you know and then you think about all the time your training your training partner sacrificed to show up and train with you and maybe they didn't want to or you know it's that yeah there's yeah it's a little overwhelming sometimes when you, when you really start thinking about it yeah there's a lot of intersecting things at that one moment that makes jujitsu like so fucking cool so yeah it was interesting like i really i kind of came away with a different like perspective of competing and stuff and in general so it felt good though it did man yeah yeah i felt i felt good i felt uh i felt really good physically felt good you know the second match i didn't you know, I lost the second points. match. I didn't really ask you about the second match. So second match. So so I guess uh, so the first match. I guess I'll back up a little bit. Um, the I, I ran into Roly uh, before I'm you know earlier in the day, and and he's like, so what's your game plan? Which is funny because, dude, I was like, I was a little nervous. It was weird because before Masters Worlds, my last competition. Like, I knew what I was going to do. I was going to fucking pull guard in a single leg axe and sweep and, and fucking ankle lock the guy. Like, I had the vision it was going to happen. But Nogi, it's a little more chaotic without <laughs> grips, you know. You can't... It's a little bit faster paced. A little yeah. bit faster paced. And, and my, you know, it, it's a little tougher for me to, to dictate that. And so I wasn't quite sure. And so I was like, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? And I was a little stressed. And like earlier that day... 
I, uh, I just come to the conclusion. It was like, and listen to that David Goggins. I'm reading his book. It's funny, man. Like I, I love that shit. It's like, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, helping me out like on some levels. Cause I was like, you know what, man, the only thing that I can control is my effort. Like if I go out there and I just I fucking ring my, my soul, like how he puts it, you know, you just ring your soul hundred percent. You leave nothing left. You know, you just ring it out. That's all you can do. That's all you can control. You can't control the outcome. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to go out there and I'm like, no matter what happens, I'm just going to keep chanting myself. You can't hurt both team two, motherfucker. <laughs> and just keep going and go and go and go. And you know, whatever happens, happens. So he's like, what's your plan? And I'm like, I'm going to go hard. <laughs> and which is funny. It sounds cliche, but like I kind of meant it. Like that was my plan. And he was like, okay, well, you know, if you want, like, something a little more technical, then, <laughs> then go hard. Here's what I would suggest. And I was like, all right, what do you suggest? And he's, he's like, well, I'd go out and I'd get, you know, two hands on one of their hands and sit there for a second and, and get a feel for what they want to do. And, you know, if they want to pull guard, let them pull guard and then grab their ankle and just fucking sit back and take it home. He's like, old men don't like you fucking with their feet, man. Like, they don't want to deal with that. So, he's like, just snatch it and go home and, you know, get it. I was like, alright. And he's like, and if not, then, you know, pull guard, you know, and sweep them. And it was basically like, you know, freaking go for their feet. Like, that was his thing. And so, it was funny. Kevin's there and I'm like, so basically, everything I've been working on for the last year, telling me, man, fuck that shit. Go back to what you've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's like laughing he's like yeah you know competition dude you gotta like go back to your A game like there's a strategy to it and that's a fucking strategy <clears throat> but I, I was laughing at the irony of it because I literally I've been like working so hard over the last year from getting away from ankle yeah alright I'm going for this bad boy <clears throat> and uh, now they're like go, that's your strategy so I was like alright let's do it so, yeah, I got out there with the first guy. You, I could just tell he wanted to pull guard. So, I was like, all right. Did exactly, it went exactly like Rolly said, man. So, he sat back and I grabbed his ankle. And it was good because I used my experience from the last competition. Because I fucked up at Masters Worlds. Because I got a good ankle lock on old boy. But when I felt his foot pop, I let off. And, you know, and then I kind of didn't finish it off. Like... And I was like, man, this mother, like, I got his ankle. I started going for it. Like, I'm going for did it. Did you have a pretty good grip right away? Or did you have to readjust? It was not my best grip. I'm going to put it that way. My grip was not what won the day for me. <laughs> um, it was a decent grip, but it wasn't, like, the toes in the armpit, like, you know, bad. And so they, uh, or, and so I got, I, you know, he went, he pulled guard, and I, did some little bullshit to make him like defend a guard pass. So he'd throw his leg up and I just sat back and I just started going for it. He tried to get, he tried to pop my foot off. I went belly down and he came back and we ended up in a dueling ankle lock situation. And I brought my other foot out, put it on his chest. And I was just like, you know, I felt his foot pop and I just kept cranking. I was like, I'm going to break this motherfucker's leg. Like I was just, it was funny, man. It was like a different state of mind for sure. Cause I thought about it like, man, what am I going to do? And you know, can I really just like snap some dude's foot off? And when you're thinking about it, not in competition, you're like, I don't know. And, but when you're in the competition, especially after you've lost once before, I was like, this motherfucker needs to know better. He needs a tap. 
So, yeah, I was just, you know, cranking as hard as I could. The ramping isometrics came into, into play. And I was just about to the point where I was like, man, I'm going to have to readjust because, like, I've got everything I've got into this. And he tapped right at that point. And I was like, whew, you know, good, all right. So I never told him that. Um, of course not. No, no, no. So, but, yeah, it was not my best. Like, looking back on it, like, man, I strained my quad and my hip flexor. <laughs> like, I, I hurt myself. I leg locked this dude so bad, so hard, that I fucking hurt myself. And so, but what I did, I realized, is <clears throat> I was fucking squatting the ankle lock, man. It's just such bullshit. Like, I was extending my legs instead of bridging into it and, like, pulling my butt in and hipping in to it as I was doing it. And if I would have done that, then it would have been better. But man, just in the heat of the moment, I end up with like, he's got my leg and I'm like, got it straight. And I'm just like, you know, squatting it, trying to get straight. So I wasn't, it wasn't my proudest moment as a leg locker. I'll be totally <laughs> honest with hey, you. You got the tap. I got the tap. I, I did, man. But it was definitely more fucking, you know, horsepower. Effort, horsepower than technique. But, uh, but anyway, so I got that, uh, and it was funny. No one saw it. Like, not like someone kind of saw it across the mat. No one saw it. It happened so fast that I look up, I'm getting my hand raised and Kevin's standing there. He's like, what the fuck happened? And I'm like, well, remember what Rolly told me to do? He's like, yeah. I was like, that's what it did. It went just like that. <laughs> so that's what he said. I was talking to him. He said, yeah. He's like, I was talking to James. He was in the bullpen and he said he was about to go up. And he's like, I told him I was going to go over here and look at something. I'd be right back. He's like, I came back and he was getting his hand raised over here. Yeah. He's like, shit. It was under 30 seconds. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was one of those just like, bam. And uh, so, so anyway, so that was the first match. And then the second match ended up in the bullpen forever. Like, because one of the other guys in, the, in my division didn't show up and they were giving him forever. Like, still like one of the, the, the quarterfinals. And then they had to do a semifinal, and I, because I was already in the final, with with that one win, and so I sat, I must have sat in that fucking bullpen for like thirty plus minutes Ugh. before the next match, and uh, so, anyways, I saw the the next guy go, and he kind of he wrestled my uh, the the other guy, like the other, and by the end of it, you know, he was out wrestling him, he was out there kind of like juking and jiving, like you could tell, like he was fucking super comfortable and the other dude looked broken and like he just realized like I can't do anything against this guy this guy's fucking you know got my number so I was like fuck man I was hoping he's gonna try to pull guard so I could just like smash or grab his foot but he's not he's gonna want to stand up so I went out and I remember your advice your advice saved the day with the head control and like not getting centered but trying to get to a side and, and getting an angle on him cause I went right out man I went to his you know to his whatever my right his left whatever and I could tell that was the side he wanted to come to to try to set shit up and it just cut him off and he couldn't do shit and all of a sudden I realized like man this guy's like he's not like getting aggressive like I'm kind of shutting him down but I couldn't do anything with it so I was like fuck it full guard and I'm trying to remember man like he uh we got I almost got him a single leg X and he, he fucking twirled out, you know, he's doing the fucking nanny nanny boo boo defense. 
um, you know, you can't heel hook me sort of thing. And so uh, went, stood up, went back to it, uh, pull guard again. And I forget, he kind of started to like come around, um, passing my guard. He didn't quite get past, but he started getting under like to get me into a head and arm, but I had my arm up. And I knew like he wanted me to turn back into him with my arm down. And I knew if I turned away, I was going to fucking give up my back. And so we, we sat there for a second and I was trying to get my elbow over his head and turn back into Did him. Did some mortis guard on him? A little bit, man. He was trying to like sink it in and, and I could not get the fucking elbow over his head. And I was like, man, I did not come here to like spend, a, you know, a bunch of time in this position. Fuck this shit. So I turned away and defended the choke and he ended up getting his hooks in. So he got his four points, but I swear to God, dude, I almost said it. I fucking chuckled to myself. I said, he gave up inside leg position. That motherfucking, he, he's done. And I almost said something to him. I'm like, dude, you just gave up inside leg position. And uh, sure enough, dude, I go to defend and get out. And I don't know, man. I mean, you've rolled me, man. Like, I'm, I'm pretty fucking good at finding single leg X out of getting out of the back. And he, it was sloppy as shit, his, you know, trying to step over the mountain, follow me as I'm shedding him off my back. And I got him in a single leg X and he tried to nanny nanny boo boo his way out of it and start spinning. And I followed him and ended up in a knee bar position. And dude, if we were brown belt, like he was done. He was fucking, I knee barred the fuck out of him. And the ref stopped us. Cause we were rolling off the mat too, but like when he stopped us, dude, I was in a full on like, cause he he turned right. I had his ankle, and so he had turned, and and in that turn, he ended up with his knee and foot facing me, which is a knee bar position. Like that's the only difference, you know. And and uh, I was like, fuck, dude. If I had recognized that, I could have shot Popolo control. You know, I could. I was in a decent like passing position from there too, but the ref stopped us. And he stood us up, and I thought I was DQ'd. And everybody thought I was DQ'd. Kelly thought I was DQ'd. I stood Wait, up. Were you putting some heat on the knee bar? No. No, I wasn't putting heat. I was controlling. The leg. His leg was extended and straight, but I wasn't heat. There wasn't a pinch in heat. It was just I was keeping a loose pinch and in control of his leg. And it was like, you know, I wasn't going to put heat on the knee bar. I was just controlling his leg and not letting him clear his knee line. And but when the ref stopped us, it was like I was like, I like "Oh you. fuck, this looks really bad, man. <laughs> this looks really bad." bad. And so, which is so stupid they don't let purple belts knee bar, dude. Dude, it's ridiculous. It's so it's dumb. Because I mean, the thing is, is like that was his defense. Yeah. I had him. I had him. I had inside leg position. I got single leg X. He couldn't get away from me. I had him. If, if they wouldn't have called us at that point and they would have let us keep rolling, like maybe I wouldn't have gotten the knee bar. But you know, like. I'm really good at once I get that that little like that outside arm in and cut my knee and I get that what I call the popolo control. I'm fucking really good at passing from there and starting to put heat on from there. So even if you know whatever. So anyways, looking back at that, that's like the one moment where you're just kind of like, ah oh, fuck, man. I kind of had something, but you know it is what it is. Um, and we go back and I apologize to the ref. And this is what I told you, dude. It started to become a scene. This dude was serious about becoming Masters 3 World Champion. Like, fucking pretty serious about it. Like, you could tell. Like, his year, he had a, this thing was circled on the calendar. He has been building towards it. You know, he, he was taking it very seriously. 
And, uh, you know, I'm stepping out there. First no-gi competition of my life. Uh, signed up two weeks ago. You know, I'm just kind of like, all right, dude. Um, and uh, so at this point, I think he started to try to play up the knee bar aspect to make sure I got DQ'd. Because I stood up. And I, I turned to the ref and I was like, man, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying. To, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm so, you know, sorry, bro. Like, you know, I understand I shouldn't have gone for the knee bar. I apologize. And uh, um, told, you know, guy, man, sorry, you know. And the dude starts fucking he starts holding his home. knee. He did the land beer flop. He did, dude. Oh, what the fuck, oh dude. my God. He starts holding his knee and he's all like, oh, and he starts trying to get up and he like, can't serious? put weight on it. This is where Kevin and Rolly started heckling him. They're standing there and they're going, Come on! Like, I hear them, man, like, in the coaching area going, Come on, dude! Get up, man! That's... What What are you doing? And so they start heckling the guy because he's faking he this, this fucking knee injury. And when I saw that, I was like, Aw, oh, come on, man. What the fuck is this? So he comes back over, and I'm getting ready to be DQ'd, and the ref's like, you guys ready? And I'm like, oh shit, like he's resetting us. And, and like the dude's like, all of a sudden his knee injury's fucking fine. Because <laughs> he's getting ready to go again. And so, you know, we start going and, you know, again, I, I, just, I, I get in, pull guard right away. You know, he's just like, at this point, he's just pushing me. Almost got him in an omoplata at one point. Like I was, you know... I don't know, dude. At that point, he's probably just trying to ride the clock. Dude, he's, he's trying to ride the clock. He did not want to come in on me and, and try and, like, force anything. So I was forcing all the action. I got him in a closed guard, and he had set up his phone to record the match. So I got him in closed guard, and I, I don't have any idea how much time is on the clock. But all of a sudden, I look up, and the dude's sitting here, like, doing this to his camera, like, doing the fucking bicep pose, like, like yeah. Yeah, you know, because he's up for nothing, and I got him in closed guard, and he's like, you know, he's like still trying to defend me, but he just, all of a sudden, I'm like, this motherfucker. So I sit up on him to go for like a hip bump sweep because he's like so busy doing this that he's not keeping his hands down. So I timed it, and I was like, because I've been watching the Hanger Team fucking videos, I was like, I'm gonna fucking grab this dude's head and crank on it. And uh, sure enough, man, I caught his head. And dude, I pulled him down. I had him in a deep ass arm in guillotine. And Kelly said it looked like he was tapping, but the fucking clock went out like right as it like, fucking sunk it in, dude. But it was deep. And uh, but anyways, he won. But I was like, well, that's all right. When you're showing your friends and family, you're going to be like, don't, that part don't, of that video yeah, don't, don't disregard the part where he's got my head. And at the end, man, you know, I'm I'm world champion, so it was like, you know, so he was like I said, it wasn't like a total. He was just very excited to be world champion, and this fucking bullshit. He was sitting there flexing to his camera. I know, that, dude. The the, 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 the IBJJF dude, they came, they scolded him, they got on to him. Like, yeah, they should have. I think they fucking tried. They thought about DQing him, man. Like, yeah, I mean, because I've seen people get DQ for like doing like a tiny little victory dance afterwards or something. You know? Yeah. Like, you know they did that to the Toledo that one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, they fucking deter. De yep. So I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah, dude. They were talking. I could tell, man. They. I. I. I and I think like <laughs> I could be wrong, but like yeah, the ref. I don't think liked the guy. 
I think that's why he let us keep going after the knee bar incident. I think he saw him like, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think him trying to flop helped his cause. Like, I think the no. dude was like, fuck this guy. Like, you guys keep going, man. And, uh, yeah, they scolded him a couple times about it afterwards. And, you know, he came up and apologized. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't fucking care. But I realized afterwards, I was like, man, I let that motherfucker get in my head. You know, like, I saw him out wrestle that guy, and I just, I let him get in my head. I was like, that motherfucker wasn't better than me. Like, if he was at our gym, or I was at his gym, and, you know, we were at an open mat, and, you know, we rolled a handful of times, like, I'd fucking bet I'd come out on top more often than not. Like, you know, if we weren't playing IBJJF rules and all that shit, so, maybe not, I don't know. People play the, the fucking, the game, but, um... It was uh, it was good, man. Like I said, that that uh, it was a good experience as far as like, all right, I lost, but I didn't get outclassed. Like I easily could have beaten that guy, and like that says something about because this guy's like from a, a freaking um, I think it was what is it? I don't know some Gracie school uh, in L.A. or whatever. So you know it's not a freaking small school with it's. It's legit fucking school. And so, yeah, we got some tiny little school here in Colorado. And it's like, man, yeah, we got good fucking training partners. We got doing, good shit. We're doing good things. We're doing good things. Kelly almost ripped the arm off some poor girl. Come on, her. She did the Pulani the pull, man. The, <laughs> the, 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 did, you, did you see the match? Yeah. Yeah. Girl shot a double, sprawled, had double overhooks and then pull guard and so from my perspective in the bullpen i thought she had her head and i thought she was going for an arm and guillotine but it uh you know it worked out in the end hey she won she won that's right it was such a, an unusual move that it opened up the kimura from half guard <laughs> and uh and so yeah but you know it was that was another one it was it was funny like because she had to get stubborn on it like competition is definitely different than rolling, you know, open matter in the gym a lot of times. She, you know, she she had the she had the grip, and she was trying to rip it out, and she she kind of lost her her grip on it. But the girl didn't uh, adjust at all. Like she didn't do anything to you know, like oh fuck, I got out of this. Like I need to move. She just sat there, and so Rolly and Kevin started yelling at her like, go for it again. And so she just grabbed it again and just started wrenching on it again and was able to pull it out but you know yeah 99 times out of 100 I'm probably not going to do that to one of my training partners yeah, I mean, competition is different you know it's everybody signed the waiver and showed up yeah. they, they know the rules yeah and yeah I mean it's I mean I'm not proud to say it but yeah I've, I mean I've fucked some people's arms up in tournaments before. You know, yeah. Dude, one of the most disturbing feelings is I've done it with a Camaro and with an Americana. And Americana was the worst. Like, I, I had a pretty deep grip on the Americana, you know, the paintbrush. And I'm cranking it. And the dude's, like, lifting his hips, trying to follow the pain. And he's not tapping, not tapping. I just kept going. And then you just feel it go. Mm. And it's through it. And his arm just turns to a rubber. And then, and then you know, obviously the dude's screaming and you got to let go. 
And you see that with people. I mean, it's a, you're a fucking grown ass adult, dude. Yeah. Like, are you willing to risk your arm getting that fucked up for a little metal? Yeah. Like, come on. I mean, it's it's on them. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's 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 totally on them. No. I've done, I've done it. With, I've done it with the Camaro too. Yeah. Same thing, cranking on that thing, dude. And you know, you hit, like I I felt there was no more travel, and I felt all their muscles in their body just tense. And I, at that point in the gym, I'm gonna let go. Yeah. Like, all right, dude. I don't know what we're doing here, but I'm like, competition. I ain't letting go. And if I can get another fucking inch on it and that's when it goes like you feel it go and yeah. then it just oh dude it makes your stomach turn yeah because yeah. you know shit got fucked up like yeah. oh and, yeah 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 man people gotta, are knuckleheads man they are knuckleheads but I don't know it's funny afterwards uh, or the next day I was talking to Rolly and we were just talking about that like man I was I was gonna break that dude's yeah. leg and last year that wasn't my mindset and he's like yeah man like you have to you have to he's like if you're not going to like don't even register and, and if you know, like everyone knows what they're signing up for. And if you're not willing to attack something, like you're going to fucking break it, uh, then don't even show up because yep. you're, you're just, it's not worth it. And you can't play nice guy out there. No, 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 man. I mean, you're just going to fill a bracket. You're just going to be taking up space because dudes aren't going to tap to anything less than that kind of heat. And then they get out and they're going to fucking put that kind of heat on you and you're going to tap. So mm-hmm. it's like. You know, when you sign up, you need to, you know what you're signing up for. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, man, watching that evolution. But I just, I was talking to Kiele about it on the way home. Like, like I, I, the stepping on the mat, like walking out, stepping on the mat, it's just, it's such a surreal feeling. It's like this complete, like, I don't want to say like out of body experience, but it's just, it's just totally like, like, okay, like this is the easy part. If this is jujitsu. This is what I know. Like, leading up to it, you're nervous as fuck. And you think, like, stepping out on the mat, you would just be like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, man. And, but that, like, that calm that settles over you when it's like they're calling your name and you're walking up to the mat and you're standing there and it's just like, all right, man, this is it. It's, it's jujitsu. Here we go. And, uh, just, yeah, man, it's such an, it, the, like, the, you know, it's not a moment, I guess it is a moment, like, walking out there and fucking that, that slapping hands, but, yeah, that's the cool thing, man, competition, like, brings out these, these interesting moments that, um, they're tough, man, they're, because you, it's easy, I'm the king of fucking making excuses for not competing, so, I know how it is, but I do it because, like, I also know, like, man, without those moments and those experiences, like, it's not going to be, my jujitsu experience isn't going to be everything that it could, and just my overall life experience isn't going to be what it could. So you got to put yourself out there for it. And but man, it's just, yeah, keep, keep doing it, man. Even if you're not quite sure about it at first, because I still remember, man, I lost my first, my first ever match at White Belt. Some dude just wrestle fucked me and just held me down. And I just got out pointed and all this shit. And I remember walking off the mat and being, and being like, that's it. I'm done. Never competing again. That's bullshit. And they were like, "No, you're still up. You can go for the third medal match and like, or you know, the bronze match." And choked that dude out with some shit. And I was like, "All right, that's fucking much better. <laughs> it's so much more fun. So much more fun." But dude, I often think like, if I'd walked away from that first match and that was it, if I had not gotten that second match and and gotten a little bit different taste, like. You know, 
what it would have been like. Cause, but it's, uh, yeah, like I said though, my, my, my point is, is it's, I think it's super important if you're going to do jujitsu to, uh, to compete. I, I, I think so. And, you know, and even if you don't fucking necessarily like it at first, like keep doing it and it changes. Like competing for me now is completely different than competing at white belt. It's, it's a completely different animal. Like I said, like my first one, like I think I told you, my, dude, I've never wanted to run away from something as hard as much in my life as my first match at white belt. In the fucking bathroom, like thinking I got a shit, but I don't got a shit. And it's like, oh my God, trying to come up with excuses. Like, dude, I wanted to run away, but I couldn't. And so get out there. Like, it's the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done in my life. And compare that to like what this last experience was like. And it's just night and day. It's completely different, but that's just, you know, jujitsu, man, putting in the time and getting more comfortable with it. And, but it's, uh, it's super valuable. I think that everybody should, should do it. So I want to try right, it. It's value. It's valuable on so many different levels, you know, ju- you know, your jujitsu and just developing who you are and finding out who you are in those moments yeah and if you don't put yourself in those moments you're not you're never gonna know never gonna you, know you're never gonna know man dude we haven't had a fight club quote in a while but like how much can you really know about yourself if you've never been in a fight you can't you can't you can't so like you don't need to go out and get in a street fight but like a jiu-jitsu tournament is the next best thing next best thing to man. a fight man sanctioned violence sanctioned violence you will learn a lot about yourself for sure but it's uh and then you realize too that the actual competition, I mean, it's tough, but just showing up is the fucking real tough Dude, part. That's the, the hardest part. The training leading up to it's tough. You know, is the the going to, you know, going to practice. You know, when you're tired, and you don't want to. You know, when you get out of work and you don't want to. You know, you always have reasons to like. Oh, I already trained enough this week. Those are all the tough decisions, and that's the fucking suffering. Yeah. And you do all that suffering. When it comes game day, and like, and like, look at open mats and how much we train. You just do round after round after round. You don't fucking do that many rounds in a tournament. No. You do one round, and then you got fucking 10 minutes. I remember thinking race. that, dude. And you do one round, like, yeah. you, you, we do. This is way easier than an open mat. Way easier than an open mat with all the fucking killers we got. Yeah. Like, we do, you know, however long a match we're doing, five to 10 minute round, and we get a minute break, another five minute match, another minute break, another five minute match. Like, boom, you do that for an hour straight. Yeah. You know, just way more physically demanding. Way more, yeah. Than a tournament is. Yeah. And nah. so, and you, you you forget that. Yeah. You think it's going to, you're going to walk out there, it's going to be the hardest fucking thing. Like, no, no, dude. I'm getting, and then you got to remember, you're in a weight class too, so you're going against somebody that's pretty goddamn close to your size. Right. You're not going against one of your training partners that outweighs you about 30 fucking pounds and who's a gorilla when yeah. you're six rounds in and you're tired of shit, you know? It's way, dude, way easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's yeah. it is, man. But it's yeah, the hard part's showing up, man. Showing up, man. Hard it part's is. showing it's, up, it's it's putting in the work and yeah. showing up. If you've done that, then like stepping on the mat, like I said, like that's that's why I think I was just it was so calm. It was like, all right, man. Like I've I know I put in the work. I know I freaking worked hard. I know I've got good training partners and had good advice and good coaching. And so it's like, well, this is the easy part, man. Like slapping hands and I know this, I know this shit. This is jujitsu. Like that's easy. So yeah, it was, it was fun though, man. Overall, it was a good comp and uh, George and Chris did good. 
freaking dude, Big Chris. He was out there wrestling, and he just looked so happy. Just out that, there. That's just, his happy place. Dude. Yeah, man. You put him on the mat and competing, like he's just. That's where he belongs. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was he was looking good. He ended, dude, it was a big bracket. He ended. Up, it was gonna be like five matches to get to the to, to be in the finals. Um, so he made it to you know four. So he got a you know made it to the, the bronze medal round. But yeah, he was looking good and. Uh, Saw good old Gordon Ryan walking around. Sent you a picture. The motherfucker shows up on day one in a cape and crown, dude. What do I haven't got a chance to dig into it? I guess there was some sort of controversy with him and Cyborg. Yeah. What the fuck happened? Oh, it wasn't really. It was just uh, uh, Cyborg was, you know, he was giving him some aggressive uh, collar ties. (laughs) So I was watching it. It was definitely getting aggressive. I mean... You and I have eaten fucking harder cross bases from Kevin before. I mean, so it wasn't that bad. Or... You know, it was jujitsu. Yeah, it was a combat jujitsu. It was. It was jujitsu. It was rough. It was rough. It was rough. It was right there where you're like, was that a punch? Yeah, okay, no, no, it wasn't a punch. So Cyborg was doing it. To go <laughs> Cyborg was yeah. He was on top, and it was just you know he was trying to like come in to get his collar tie and grab his head, Swatting. and it was just a fucking swat, and uh, he just. Yeah, I, I've seen videos of it. Like we did, I'll we made decisions based on our experience at other venues, and so I don't know if you've uh, been to the venue they do at the Nogi Worlds out in Anaheim. I haven't been there. Dude, it's fucking sweet. It's a really nice venue, and it's got like raised seating all the way around. So every other IBJJF I've been to has been just a. It's in a fucking convention so you can't hall. See, you can't see shit. Can't see shit, dude. There's like, yeah. So I'm thinking like, you know, there's all these good matches that are gonna happen, but I'm not gonna be able to see anything, you know. So we weren't too concerned about it. And then we showed up to the venue and we're like, oh wait a minute, this is sweet. So we made sure we caught some matches on the second day. Um, so yeah, we got to see Gordon with that in his first match. He had some poor guy, 47-0, and uh, then armbarred him. Um, and, uh, yeah, but yeah, Cyborg just looked angry. I mean, on the videos, he just looked like he was fucking pissed. He wasn't really trying to win as much as he was just pissed. Trying to beat him up a little bit. Yeah, you and I both met that motherfucker. Like, I mean, dude, that is a machismo, proud motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, that loss he suffered to Gordon Ryan there a while back is not sitting well. No, 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 no. Especially when Gordon's talking shit. shit. Yeah, he's and not happy about that. No, not at all. Like I, I don't know if, if winning was exactly. <laughs> the... Did he? Did he win? No, no, he lost. He got disqualified. Oh, he got disqualified. Yeah, he racked up. Uh, I think it was like four penalties. penalties. <laughs> for what? For for the swats? Yeah, for the swats, man. He got warned for. Him. <laughs> I got to go watch. It. I got to go just log in. Swatting him. Log into my flow graph to yeah, watch it. Yeah, yeah. Gordon's just kind of smiling at one point because he realizes, like, he's like Connor. You know, he realizes, like, oh man, I mind fucked you. Yeah. Like you're you're blowing yourself to pieces. I just get to sit here and smile and watch you fucking deteriorate, blow up, deteriorate yeah. to my mind games. And you know, and then Cyborg sitting there watching him smile, going like, ah, <laughs> so. But yeah, that was the uh, that that was the deal. I guess too, man. Reading on like one of the jujitsu rumor sites, like is it Half Gracie? Like 
fucking hip tossed and kicked the shit out of one of the Almeida Almeida brothers or something. Like some fucking Gracie Baja, Gracie Jiu Jitsu territory battle in, in San Francisco yeah, there, going awry. There's been that battle going on. The yeah. Health Gracie's, I mean, that's where, because Kurt Osiander was at the Health Gracie school for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like some fucking GB joker came in. Mm-hmm. It was like turning into a GB place or something. I, I didn't get all the inside scoops, so. So yeah, I don't. Know, I, yeah, so they got into a scrap, huh? dude. Apparently, yeah. Like I said, it's on the like on the Reddit. I, I like the I do the the BJJ Eastern Europe. I don't know why those fucking Russians got their um, they got good little stories and shit. But they, uh, but yeah, apparently, and it's been confirmed. I mean, yeah, he uh, basically walked up and they're fucking exchanging some words and hip tossed his ass and kicked him in the face and he came <laughs> back and slapped him like in front of everyone, man, like. You know, it wasn't some altercation out on the side. It was like on the floor where like people could see. And well, it's pretty common knowledge in the jiu-jitsu world that Health Gracie is just one of those motherfuckers that you do not want to piss off. But yeah, I mean, any of the Gracies is probably going to put a beating on you, but he's one of the short-tempered, just mean motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. That he's just this ain't shit ain't just flying. Shit's not. He's not just going to let shit go. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's the, that's, uh, that was the other, um, big, uh, incident, I guess, but, um, yeah, old Gordon Ryan's marching around in his cape and crown, and, uh, his freaking fitness model girlfriend leading the way was, uh, it was an interesting sight, <laughs> so, I, oh, I wish I would have went just for that, <laughs> damn it, I, I, I I couldn't because Kelly's like there was one point. I mean, we we passed him a couple times, and there was one point where we were walking outside, and we were away from the venue a little bit, and and he came walking out of a door, and he was like like right by, like walked right by me, and there was no one else around, and she was like, oh, you didn't want to get a picture. I'm like, I love that dude. I cannot feed into his shit. I am sorry. Like I can't feed into it. So. Uh, yeah, but anyways, he, say what you will, man, he brought a bunch of attention and eyeballs to that competition, um, and he fucking delivered, man, he got double gold, so he did. This is just, he's good, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's obnoxious, and he's selling that stupid fitness DVD that we had an whole episode fucking ripping on. Right. You know, but, he's got good, solid jiu-jitsu, man. Yeah. Like, you no, he's good. His he, base, his he's maddeningly good. good. I mean, yeah, he doesn't. It, it like, and even his game is why I like it so much. Like, it's not. Yeah, he's a you know he's a physical specimen. He's a he's jacked. He's big. He's strong. He's young, athletic kid. But his game, he doesn't need that for his game. It's like it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like Hodge Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Like yeah, it's just it's you know what I mean. It's he's not stop. tricking you. No, it's not tricks. It's There's not no tricks. it's not fucking parlor tricks. It's, it's just good, so solid. Good you solid. You can't stop man. it, man. Yeah. You know what he's doing. He's still fucking you up with it. Yep. That's yeah. It's, yeah. That's why you got to respect it, man. He's got a fucking super hard guard to pass. He's got solid guard passing. He's got fucking I mean the back attacks and the legs and 
all the shit. Yeah, he's got well-rounded jiu-jitsu, man. Like I said, I like him. I, I like his jiu-jitsu. Yeah, you can't deny his jiu-jitsu, man. I respect him as a jiu-jitsu artist, but yeah, his antics are just they're, a little... They're funny. They're funny, man. They're a little I, I much, they're funny. I'm, 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 I'm glad. Like, I don't, I don't want him to be... I, I don't wish that everyone was plain and boring. You know, like, do I think they're a little much sometimes? Yeah, but I, I'm fucking pumped he's out there doing it. Like, because the thing is, I will say, like, we need to enjoy this motherfucker while he's around. Because, like, everyone else, he's got his eyes set on MMA. Okay, that's where the money's at. That's where the money's at. So, like, he's not going to be around entertaining us and drawing eyeballs and attention like he is now forever. And so, you know, say what you will. Like, you know, enjoy him while he's here, man. Because there's going to be a time where we're going to be like, God damn, wish somebody was more excited. Where's the next Gordon Ryan, man? We need a shit talker. <laughs> so, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, so that was the... Oh, and I saw uh, Jamie Canuto. And he's fucking all over the ramping isos, bro. Is he? He is. Yeah, when he saw me, he's like, hey, coach. And I was like, coach, looking over my shoulder, like, who the fuck are you talking to? And he was, he was like, yeah, yeah, man, I've been doing the, the exercises. And he had a, a, a girl there, I assume was his girlfriend or whatever, a girl he hangs out with. A friend that's a girl. Let's go with that. Okay. And uh, But anyways, he was like, yeah, you know, when I, you know, in the mornings when I go and I do those strange uh, things, like this is the guy that has me doing them. So, yeah, he's been doing the ramping isometrics and fucking loves them. So he used them as part of his training program leading up to the no-gi world. That's awesome. And yeah, he got second uh, in his uh, in his division. And apparently it's only his like third or fourth no-gi competition. So, uh, so he did pretty well for somebody who doesn't specialize in, in uh, no-gi. I mean, his gi shit's just fucking off the charts. I mean, he knows how to use those lapels and the gi like a magician. But... Uh, yeah, man, he can fucking roll without it too. But I like to think maybe the ramping ISOs had a small, <laughs> just maybe one percent, one percent. Sure, it helped. Just one percent. But uh, but no, I, I thought that was a good um, good kind of testimonial feedback. Cause I never heard from him after he left, and I sent him the program. So he never you know responded with any questions or saying he was doing it or whatever. So. I was pretty pumped to find out he's been doing it. He's like, yeah, I'm getting back on him. He's like, I'm you know, taking a couple weeks off just to focus on training. But he's like, I'm going to get back on him and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Cool. He's all about the ramping isometrics, cool. man. Yeah, it is cool. That is fucking super Somebody cool. Somebody at that higher level. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But, I mean, they fucking work. They work. And they don't beat your body up. No. You know, I, th- that, I really think that's why a lot of jiu-jitsu guys... Because it's pretty common in the jiu-jitsu world that a lot of guys don't like to do strength and conditioning because jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is rough, man. It, it beats your body up. And then if you're going and beating yourself up doing a bunch of goddamn CrossFit workouts or something, like yeah. you're just you're taxing the fuck out of yourself, dude. And then your chances of getting injured are so much higher. So I think that's why it kind of got poo-pooed for a while. That it just yeah. a lot of guys, and still to this day, a lot of guys don't. And then that's why the ramping ISOs are so good, dude. Because you, you're getting some good strength training in and you're not beating the fuck out of yourself. Man. You know, I, here, all right, here's the deal. Gordon Ryan, go back to this motherfucker. <laughs> like, here's what I, I like about this guy. He trains like a bodybuilder, all right? So, like, really, what, what does that say? 
right? Because according to the functional training uh, doctrine, training like a bodybuilder makes you slow and clumsy and blah, blah, blah. So we must train functionally because we'll make you a better athlete. So according to the traditional logic, Gordon Ryan should be suffering from training like a bodybuilder. I don't think he is. Mm. He's obviously doing extremely well with what he's doing. So it's like, like what are we doing? Well, see, with here's, the workouts. And, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess my point is, is like, I think that we we overcomplicate shit. Yep. And that, that like, that just kind of saying, like, dude, the ramping isometrics, like, they're they're like, dude, they're so simple. And you're almost like they're too simple. But it's like, dude, we're overcomplicating this. Like, functional training on some level has sold people on creating a better jujitsu player in the gym. You're not creating a better jujitsu player in the gym. It's not fucking happening. Like, you can like it. it, it so. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think like people just need to fucking relax on trying to this functional training thing. Like, cause you look at ramping isometrics, and it's like, what? Like, how is that functional training? You know what I mean? Like, because if some like hardcore functional training guy stepped in and, and looked at ramping isometrics, he'd be like, well, this isn't functional because you know you move and you're not hitting all the degrees of the thing. And what about this? You know what I mean? There's a lot of there's a, a lot of, if you're looking at it from that functional training aspect, there's a lot of gaps in, in ramping isometrics. But, dude, we know from experience, like, man, I don't know how to explain it to you, but those gaps don't exist. Like, when you pair ramping isometrics with hard jiu-jitsu training, really good shit happens. Yeah, because your quote-unquote functional training is jiu-jitsu. Right. And then your your training when you're not doing jiu-jitsu, you're training in the gym is you know preparing and armor armoring yourself you know so you don't get fucked up doing jiu-jitsu yeah so you don't you know people talk about functional training well all the positions and ranges of motion and places we got to find strength and you know in and when you're wrestling that's all super functional that's what that's our functional training, and then you can't recreate that in the gym. You don't need to recreate it in the gym because you get right. plenty of it. Right, 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 right. You don't right, right, need right, to recreate right. exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, see, and that's where I think a lot of people get it twisted. Is but you know if if they don't, so I, I can see. I, I mean, I see where that fucking doctrine comes from. That dogma comes from is if you don't have an activity that is functional, so to speak, and all you're doing is. Ah, working yes. out. If you're not working out for something, yes. If you're just working out to work out, now you're hitting the nail on the that, head. That's what. That's what the problem. Is. That's the problem. That's where the fucking problem it's, is. Yes. It is, so that's where the functional bodybuilding wasn't the problem. No, it was just. It they, was that nobody did anything but bodybuilding. That's right. That's all they were doing was bodybuilding. So then these other people came along like, oh, the, you know, kettlebells and this and this functional training. Well, it helped make people who only work out for the sake of working out. out more functional, yeah, 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 not quite as single but if, dimensional. But if you have an activity yeah. that's taking you through all these ranges of motion and quote unquote functional shit, yes, yeah, then you're training like bodybuilding and jujitsu. I mean, it's not the worst combination in the world. No, no, you don't get more functional training than jujitsu. No, and so it's like okay, I'm already doing all this functional training. I'm crawling. I'm 
doing all these extreme ranges of motion, like all these movements, ground-based movements, standing movements, all these things. So it's like, I don't, you, yeah, I don't need my fucking workout. I can, I can train like a bodybuilder to put on some muscle. Dude, I, I gotta be honest with you, like, I'm gonna try to fucking bulk up a little bit. <laughs> yes! 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 I've already got my fucking plan, dude. Yes! So, I wanna like, you know, get James up. James is getting jacked. James is getting jacked, dude. <laughs> I don't want to be 164. I want to be fucking 175. Fuck it. Let's go 180. Well, I got to look at the weight classes. So, my weight classes get screwy. I want. I don't want to be in the middle. Right? I want to be at the top or the bottom. or You know oh, what I mean? Oh, fuck. They just get jacked. Let's see what happens. Just go just, to 195. Just get, just get Give Randy a run for his money. Just get fucking jacked. <laughs> yes. Walk in there and just like... <laughs> 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 I never disagree with somebody wanting to get jacked. <laughs> but no, man, I've got my little plan. I got, I had this old, old workout. I, I think I told you before, I got up to like 195 at one point and I still have the workout. It scared me so bad. I never did it again. <laughs> I was like, this can't like, this is too much power. So I'm going to see if it works again, see where it takes me. But yeah, I'm like, I'm going to do some fucking ramping isometrics, some bodybuilder workouts, and jiu-jitsu, and see what, happens. see what happens, man. Stop stressing out about all this functional training nonsense. Uh, so, I don't know. I still like to get in there and, I mean, you know, swinging my mace around, but that's like, a lot of that shit's just like fun. It's just fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing it because it's fun. I'm not doing it because it's functional. A lot of the shit that I do because it's fun is functional, but there's a different reason for doing it, so... Oh, which leads me to another thing. I had an epiphany, bro. Oh, no. Yes. So you know how all the hipsters, like, their thing is beards, beards. right? Yeah. Beards is definitely a fucking hipster thing. And I realized the other day, there's a difference between growing a beard and not shaving. Explain? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the explanation. Okay. I need so, some more explanation here. Well, see, because I don't shave. And I don't shave because I don't have to. I'm not growing a fucking beard. It's kind of a fuck you. Like, I don't have to shave. You want me to shave? Fuck you. I don't have to. Right? Like, my lifestyle and the shit that I built for myself allows me to, like, walk around with a scruffy-ass face most of the day. And so, I just don't shave. Now, people grow beards. It's part of who they are. Like, I have a beard. You know? My beard is who I am. So, Kiele told me, like, well, you're not a hipster. You're a fuck youster. <laughs> fuck youster. So like that's what my non-shaving, uh, you know, I'm not a hipster with this fucking not shaving. I'm a fuck youster. Like, yo, you think I should shave? No, fuck you. Like, I'm not gonna shave. I'm just gonna like let my beard grow. Cause I don't maintain it. I don't like trim it. It's all fucking. I got hairs growing in weird spaces. You know what I mean? There's a total difference between what I do and people who grow a beard. Like, it's it's not the same thing. So, but it was an epiphany I had. I think John, lawyer John, asked me one day. He's like, oh, what happened to your beard you were growing? I'm like, I don't grow a fucking beard. I just don't shave. And, you know, being a lawyer, he comes from a world where not shaving is... Or you either Probably shave fine. or you have a beard. You know what I mean? Like, the idea of not you shaving... You can't scruffy. Yeah, like, looking scruffy is, a, is not even an option. And so I realized, I was like, oh, wow. Like, there's a difference here. So, but it, it didn't deep, fully, deep thoughts by James. dude, it didn't fully sink in. So I was walking around Southern California and you just see hipsters everywhere and their fucking beards. 
And I got my old man growth. I had my fucking, my no-gi worlds. Like, once I decided I was doing no-gi worlds, I was like, I'm just letting my fucking scruff go, dude. I'm just, you know, gray beard shit, whatever. So I'm walking around with my scruff, and they're walking around with their beard, and I'm like, it's not the same thing, man. It's not the same thing. So there you go. see that. So that's my, one of my epiphanies over the weekend. So. See, I, I shave regularly. I don't have to, but... My beard grows in so stupid looking, and then my throat gets up, my neck gets all itchy. So it's, <laughs> I shave for me, just because I, I man, my neck gets all. I shave for me too. I shave for me just because my, my neck gets all scratchy and shit, and I'm just like, all right, I've had yeah. enough of this. Yeah. I about three or four days my max, and after about, I mean, I'll go more than that, but like, if I start hitting like four and five days, then it gets real scratchy, and like, all right, this shit's gotta fucking go, man. So, you, know, you get past that, then it's not so bad. Yeah. But I'm just not willing to get past that. I'm just like, yeah, fuck. Well, I don't, yeah, I'm not like the hairiest dude in the world, so it's not like my beard grows at a fucking super rapid pace. Dude, I think this last time I went like, it was probably close to a month, and it was still just like, you know, I don't know. It wasn't full I don't think, on. Hey, I, I, I don't think I've ever let it try to grow that long. Maybe once or twice. There you go. That's what Kevin needs to do. He needs to go for the beard. Don't encourage him. No, I want to encourage him. Did you hear his plan? He's going to... Sh- Cut his hair, and he's gonna shave it into a mullet, <laughs> and he's gonna put on, um, oh fuck, what's his name? Billy Ray Cyrus, and achey breaky heart, achey breaky heart. It open map. Make sure you're there and whip, my whip ass. your ass to achey breaky heart with a mullet. That's alright, fucking. <laughs> he was talking shit today. He was talking shit today in a fucking triangle. And like he's like, oh, you because we were gonna leave to record the podcast. Like, dude, I gotta go record, so I gotta get home, and get to bed. And he's like, then he called me a pussy. He's like, all right, motherfucker, I got around for you. I got around for you, bitch. I got around for you, bitch. I know, it's funny bitch. it started a thing. Everybody's like, I got around for you, bitch, too. I got around for you, bitch. <laughs> and I snatched him up in a triangle fucking 30 seconds in, and I was talking shit to him. I was like, oh, I bet you wish I went home now, huh, motherfucker? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he, he asked me to ask you how it ended. Yeah, I didn't finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were going to leave that out, though. Oh, <laughs> Damn sorry, it. man. Damn it. Well, it was funny, because he didn't tell me. He just comes up to me all randomly. He's like, hey, on the podcast today. Ask Rob how that triangle ended. That's because I pr- let go. I, I completely forgot about it until you brought it up. I, I purposely let go. Cause there like, you go. Right, we're not learning here at this point. Right. I can squeeze you. I could have kept him there forever. And I would have tapped him eventually. I was like, yeah, this is boring now. Yeah. I got him. I was happy. It was like catching release. <laughs> I got there. I got there. I knew I could have finished it if I really wanted to. I was like, fuck him. Yeah. So, well, anyways. <laughs> so, I hope he hears this. Yeah. Uh, he can hold my ass naked, baby heart, or whatever. Exactly. That fucking entertains him. And speaking of cowboys, I got one one more thing for you. Oh. I'll bet that I saw more cowboy hats than you did. I show up in Vegas, the MGM Grand, and it's the goddamn national rodeo finals going on. Oh God. Dude, I mean, I got I got a picture for you. I know it's obviously a podcast, but. <laughs> Rob will appreciate this fucking picture. This is like, literally, I'm walking down the our hotel, dude. And this is this is pretty much it everywhere. Oh my god, everywhere. That would annoy the fuck out of me. Yeah, you, you know, you know, I I gotta say, maybe it's just because I'm from the south originally, but if I gotta deal with a large crowd of people, like. I really think Southerners are like some of the best you have to deal with. 
I, I, you know what I mean. I am generalizing, but maybe it's because they all carry guns. But they are fucking. They're not the. They're, they're polite. They're generally respectful, yeah. polite people. If you are, if you're cool, and you, cool. you have that vibe, they're cool too. Yeah. Especially if you got a little southern twang when you talk to them and say howdy and shit. You know, it's like you may not have the cowboy hat. Dude, Z kept going up to, to him and be like, I got my own cowboy hat. I got a Red Rider at home too. He was so pumped on all the cowboys. That's funny. And, uh, but yeah, so, you know, because what was funny was, I think like the MGM Grand had to be like Grand Central Station for him. Because as you went south or north or whatever it is down the strip, there were fewer and fewer cowboy hats and more and more of the normals. And, uh, you know, I'll definitely say like, I felt a little more secure with the cowboy hats around me than the fucking normals. But, <laughs> dude, it was. I felt like I was in Texas. Like, it, they, they were everywhere. And here's the thing. I've never seen it. Cowboy high fashion. Cowgirl high fashion. What is that? What is that? I've never... I don't even know what all those words put together mean. It's well, like you got fucking weird salad going on. No, no, no. Well, think about Cow it. Cowgirl high fashion. Well, because it makes sense if you think about it. Like, we don't think about it because you don't think about these worlds. But there is a world where there are rich cowgirls, right? There, okay. I mean, there's a fuck. You've been from Texas. Like, there's yeah. a lot of fucking money there's down there. There's a lot there. of money in Texas. There's a lot of cowgirls down there. Okay. There are rich cowgirls. Okay. Rich girls in general like fucking high fashion shit. So they have like rhinestone. Dude, belts they had and like boots and yeah, shit. they had like their. I, I, you know, listen, I can't describe it necessarily. <laughs> I'm just letting you know it exists. There's cowgirl high fashion. There's cowboy high fashion. The cowgirl high fashion was definitely. It sounds like a magazine out. is something they subscribe. I'm sure to. there is cowgirl high fashion. We're walking around. And we're like, where do these fucking people live? Like, where do you wear this shit? Outside of like Vegas, but it's like sure they, they probably bought it just for Vegas. Maybe, but dude, I don't know. If you fucking wander around like Aspen or some of these fucking ski towns around here, there's some some high fashion going on here. Like I remember, like I went to uh, Aspen with uh, with Lance um, one of the last times he was out here in the winter because he's from there, so he knew a bunch of people. And dude, you hang out in Aspen and you realize like, oh, fur never went out of style. Oh no. No, 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 no. The rich people just got tired of wearing around everybody else because they don't want to hear about it. But when they're around each other, they wear it. They're fuck first, fucking in, man. Like holy shit, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's weird. You hang out in Aspen long enough, the people that you see in Dumb and Dumber, you know those rich people yeah. in Aspen. Like those people really fucking. No, exist. they really exist. They're there. Yeah, they didn't make that shit up. No, no, no. Like, those people are fucking there, dude. There's another level. Oh yeah. That like we're just not even. Like, yeah, it's, you know, every once in a while we can, like, catch a glance or sniff it, but, like, yeah, and, but that's what, we were getting a glimpse of, like, okay, you know, the cowgirls at this level, what do they wear? And, you know, they have these, it was, like I said, I'm not going to try and describe it, but I'm sure, if you want to look it up, cowgirl high fashion, I'm sure is a thing, but it was interesting, man. It was a peek into another world that I never knew existed, which always fascinates me. There's all there's all sorts so of little, many worlds out there. Different little worlds going on there. Yeah, people like fighting their little hierarchy battles, and they like this whole little thing going on, and we don't even know that it exists. Well, and we and we think like our world that we live in, this jujitsu world, really is so normal to us, but it's not. No, like I, I just recently. Fairly recently, I got sucked into the conversation. Because if I... 
I'm usually pretty good about not getting roped into the conversation about like fucking what jujitsu is. If it's somebody that's uninitiated completely, like yeah. like if their idea of fighting or martial arts is what they see in the movies or. So, you know, some of these people, they just get this idea in their head that there's the there's these death blows. You know, and the see the guys in the Secret Service, they know how you can just hit somebody in a certain spot and just fucking kill them. You know, like the people really think this, and you forget that. Right. And I'm usually got a pretty good radar with this shit, and I can just avoid it. Somebody asks me what jujitsu is, and I'm like, it's no, I'm like, oh, dude, it's no big deal, just like wrestling. And then they'll ask them, I was like, literally, it's just like wrestling, man. That's all. It and I'll just leave it like that. And usually they pick up on the idea that I don't want to fucking talk about it. And I avoided the whole situation. But sometimes I fuck up. Sometimes I stumble. And I stumble into these conversations. And I can't fucking backpedal out fast enough. And it's so maddening. It's I get so fucking frustrated so quick. Because no... Oh God. Like just thinking about it fucking gets my blood pressure up. But you forget that our world is not... Not the norm. No. It's not... It, we have our own little universe going on no dude yeah dude anaheim was a pretty good example of that you're walking around with all the fucking disney people with their mickey mouse ears on and they're intermingled with all the motherfuckers with their cauliflower ear and their like king's backpacks and you know just looking all fucking hard and uh yeah they're just it's not the same world not the same they they do not occupy the same they do not (laughs) totally different yeah man so so yeah, and I guess last thing uh, I met Josh Hanger. Did you? Yeah, I did. He was, was the only. Cool? Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, um, timed it right. You know, I could kind of tell when he was getting ready because he had two matches uh, the first day, and so when he was done, though, you, you kind of tell he was done like with his competition stuff, and he was there for the CBD black belt CBD mm-hmm. product stuff. Um, so yeah, he was walking by, and I was like, all right, man, I gotta say hi. I, I don't know why I like that dude. He's just Something about him just freaking resonates with me. And, uh, and of course, like his freaking hanger team thing, man. That's like my my go-to uh, guillotine version. But um, so, yeah, I stopped him. Super cool guy. Took a picture, you know, chatted for a few minutes. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, again, like cool thing with our sport. I mean, that guy is world champ. Like just one, like world champ. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm basically hanging out in the athletes area with him. In, in in the other sports, you don't get to do that. No, man. We, we get to talk to the Michael Jordan. We get to do. We can most of the time we get to train with the Michael Jordans of right. our sports. Right, right, our right. sport. Well, I saw yeah. Well, I saw Pimenta. Yeah. You know what I mean. I, I don't mean to brush over him. Right. Fucking, he won his division and and you know added another world championship to his thing. So you know, again, we were starting from the beginning. You almost kind of take the 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 things you're most familiar with for granted, and uh, but. Yeah, I'm all excited to meet Josh Hanger, and it's like, yeah, well, I saw Pimenta too, and it's like, hey, that fucking Pimenta, man, the guy's fucking awesome, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's great that we get to mingle with and talk to those guys, but that's another cool thing, man, you sign up for like a big IBJJF competition or something like Worlds or Nogi Worlds, and it's like, yeah, you, you got the same stamp on your hand, you got the same warm-up area, you got the same access like as an athlete, like you're pretty much on the same level with those guys. Like you're, there's not a bullpen for for Gordon Ryan and Josh Hanger and Rafael Lovato Jr. No, and a bullpen for everyone else. No. 
it's like, no, man, like you, you get a chance to like, you know, rub elbows a little bit with the best in the world. And it's so if, if for nothing else, man, just that opportunity to go and get to like see these guys and and, you know, just see them in that environment where they're warming up and they're getting ready and they're doing their competition stuff. It's uh, it's cool. It's, it's a, such a cool thing. Our fucking sport lets us do. And uh, you don't see that everywhere. A lot of a lot of sports try and hide their their superstars from everyone else, and we get to fucking mix it up. I mean, dude, that dude who went against Gordon Ryan, like he was, you know, who's he? He's probably pretty fucking good. You know, well, yeah. I mean, he's probably he's a black he's a fucking jujitsu black belt, yeah. so he's obviously pretty good. But the thing is, is like he's he's not some big name. He's he's not some special guy. It's like he got to throw his fucking hat in the ring with everyone else and and uh so yeah it's just it's cool man you get to go against and, and see these guys and it's uh, a good experience so encourage people to take advantage of it you know all this conversation tie you know, ties in i don't want to get into it too much man i don't want to wrap this yeah, shit up, yeah. but I, I just finished uh, outliers by Mal- uh, malcolm gladwell mm-hmm. have you read that one yeah i did it on an audiobook but you know he's he, on, in that book he's basically kind of demystifying you know these outliers you know like you're michael jordan's or you're steve jobs yeah you're you're bill gates you know saying you know that we we like to think these people i mean yes a lot of these people were born with some special gifts but all the dominoes had to get lined up just fucking right for them to end up where they were oh yeah i mean because there's a lot of other people out there like them that just weren't born at quite the right time like you know you take you take Bill Gates, for example, like if he would have been born five years earlier or five years later, we probably wouldn't even know who the fuck he was or what his name was right, right now. Yeah. There was a lot of things that happened in his life that all the down that just stacked up just right to let him down right. the road. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just it wasn't just like he popped out of the womb and he was gonna be great no matter where he was. No, 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 no. no. Like you didn't and all and that's what that whole book is about. Everybody all these super successful fucking people Yes, I mean, they were granted some gifts that you can't deny that. But there was so much shit that went into place to get them to where they got. Yeah. And you you don't think about that. Because as a society, we take those people and we put them up up on this pedestal and we think they're just fucking gods. Right, yeah. And they're they're not. Yeah, no. I really like that book. Yeah. that's a big. That's a big lesson, man. I mean, you look like fucking Ronnie Coleman, right? Like he never wandered into that that gym and had that dude say, like, "Hey, man, like, give him a free membership. Give him a free membership. Come here and train for free." And like, you know, if he wasn't a cop, which it was obviously a physically demanding job, but also allows a certain degree of, uh, you know, it's not like working hardcore construction every day. So I mean, there's like all these things like his job kind of lined up and he walks into this gym and he's obviously got genetic gifts out the ass and right. all these things line up but yeah that's it's such an important lesson and that that's also where like the guru thing where people have to watch because there's a lot of people out there who are outliers who don't realize they're outliers yep. and they're trying to sell you a system there's no system to being an outlier like you can't recreate being Michael Jordan. All the things that lined up to become Michael Jordan. You can't say like, you know, here's how you become Michael Jordan. Here's the formula for it. It's like it doesn't fucking work that way. You know, you can look at all these successful people and you can draw like common threads. You're like, 
all of them seem to do this. Okay, that's probably something I should try and emulate. But um, yeah, the, the specifics that go into it, it's there's a lot that goes into it. So yeah, making yeah, keeping that in mind is it's uh, it, it's important for people, yeah, especially like that book came out before the social media age. Yep. But I think that it's super important in the social media age because the outliers tend to shine the brightest on social media. And if you don't realize, like, dude, those people had all this shit lined up for them. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, they, there's, uh, I forget, <clears throat> one of the fucking stoic uh, guys that I've, I've read said something along the lines, like, you can't, you can't look at what people have achieved and be jealous of it if you weren't wanting to do what they did to achieve it. And, and, you know, that's the other thing, man. You look like, you know, we talked about the amount of sacrifice and work. Like, again, you can talk shit about Gordon Ryan, man. That dude puts in the fucking work. And if you're not willing to put in that work, then it's really hard to be jealous of all the shit that, like, you know, of, and say, like, oh, I want to be him. And it's like, no, you can't. It's like, you're, I, I don't want to put in that work. And Sean Ray was talking about that with Ronnie Coleman. Like, I'm not jealous of Ronnie Coleman. I realized, like, I was not willing to put in that work, and I'm happy with that. I'm satisfied with that, you know? But if you don't have that realization, then you can fuck yourself for sure. So I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you got that out of it, too. That's something that I've, I love that book, because, yeah, that was a big takeaway. That's good. Yeah, I finished that. I finished that David and Goliath, and then on audiobook was the Outliers, and I'm finishing uh, Tipping Point. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, Tipping Point's really good as well. Once I finish that, though, I'm excited because I got David Goggins queued up next. Ah, the audiobook, the yeah. The audiobook, I brought that one on audiobook, so I want to listen to it. Nice. So I'm pumped for that. Yeah. And I got into, I finished, or I'm just about finished with Social Leap. Okay. That's a good book. It's a really good book, Really man. good book. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good things in it, but the one thing that really stuck with me was, and I don't know why I never thought about this situation like this before. But he broke it down to where he's talking about, okay, if you have a problem, there's two avenues you can go to solve a problem. You can either take like a technical avenue, for lack of a better word, right. or a social avenue. Yes. You know, for, so for example, if I have to travel and I need somebody to take, uh, and I, my dog needs to be taken care of, I can either go like Doc from Back to the Future and set up an alarm clock and an automatic dog feeder and... It might make sure the timer goes off, it dumps food in my dog bowl, and he's fed. So I could go this super complicated technical, te route. technical route, or I could just call a friend. Social route. Social route, call a friend, and, or, or hire somebody to say, hey, come take care of my dog. Yeah. So, But every problem you face, you could do that. Yeah. There's a technical solution, and there's a social solution. Right. I, I never thought about that before until he pointed that out in the book. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. That's really... Every fucking problem you have. Yeah. There's a social solution or a technical solution. Yeah. Just most of us are, are wired more to figure out the social solution. Yeah. And so it's really that the, I got, it was a couple things. Like one, the, I also liked how he talked about the, uh, the, the elephant versus baboon leadership. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's the, it's funny. Like, I think that's the missing thing with the hierarchies. Like what, what, what Jordan Peterson, when he talks about hierarchies, like, Again, like I, I'm sure he's probably aware of this, and in my mind, it, it seems to be the missing element to that discussion because hierarchies can be developed as through like so basically like elephants, their hierarchies are developed more um, on what's best for the group. You know, they don't have like a single dominant 
uh, person who exerts, you know, dominance and power over everyone else. It's this kind of group thing and the leaders are looking out for the group and it's this kind of like, you know, more, more generous leadership style. And then you have baboons where you've got the baboon is at the top and, and everyone underneath him, he is subject to him and he gets the best of everything. He picks on everyone below him and you got baboons who are right below him and the baboons below them are getting picked on by them. And so everyone in this, the hierarchy is, is battling either the people above them or the people below them to try and maintain. It's a totally different hierarchy structure. And he, you know, he was talking about how like the, a lot of times hierarchy structures start out like that we want elephant leadership, but the problem is, is once people get into a leadership position, they tend to turn into baboons. And like, that's the hierarchy thing. It's like, okay, hierarchies aren't bad because elephants have a hierarchy, right? It's based on who's, who's the most competent at this, at this thing in this situation. Like, like the hunter gatherers, like who's most competent at hunting? Who's most competent at creating tools? Who's most competent at specific tasks. And so you form these hierarchies based on who's best in these specific situations, because overall that's what's best for the group, but versus where you've got like things that you can hoard like land or money, or, you know, this is where agriculture started to change things because now people can control land and own it. And so now you start to turn into more of an elephant or I mean a baboon where this is mine and I'm going to do everything I can to maintain it and expand it, whether it's good for the group or not. And so that for me was really kind of eye-opening because it's like, yeah, okay, that's the thing. We got to watch hierarchies turning into baboon hierarchies, not do away with hierarchies, you know? So I thought that was, uh, was pretty interesting. And, uh, anyways, yeah, that was kind of my main thing. I remember there was something else. There's, a, there's quite a few good points in that book. Dude, he's got a lot of fucking good points, but... Yeah. Yeah, the hierarchy thing was a good one, but um, but anyways, yeah, it was a fucking that was a good book. I'm glad you're mm-hmm. glad you read it. I'm, yeah, I'm on to uh, I'm reading David Goggins one at the moment. Just got through the first chapter, so getting all fired up. I know I'm gonna be listening to that alert, getting all pumped up and shit. I know, dude. You're gonna go run some hills. You're just gonna pull <laughs> your fucking truck over randomly and just be like, ah, <laughs> fucking jogging up the hill. Yeah, I, I did that the other day. All I know is that. So I had this fucking pallet that weighed like 700 pounds, 800 pounds, and I had to pull it up this hill. It was probably only like 75 yards, you know, it wasn't terribly far. Kind of a steep hill. So I went and get, there's these couple dudes that were going to help me. So I get going. I told them, I was like, because once you, it's momentum, everything. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't want to get this motherfucker going again. So I told them, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to get going. And I'm not stopping. I was like, you guys need to tell me where this thing is going because I'm just going to, I hang on to this thing. I put my head down. And I just fucking keep moving my feet. And so I did, man. I just started ripping this fucking thing up the hill. And I'm like, I'm like in a sprint and pulling this thing. And I get to where it's got to go. I turn around. And these fucking assholes are fucking back at the bottom of the hill. They never even helped. They're like, the one guy was like, oh, man, I'm kind of injured. I couldn't go that fast. He's like, but that was fucking pretty impressive. <laughs> These motherfuckers. He's like, I ain't never seen a FedEx guy do that. <laughs> I was like, sign this thing, man. Get the fuck out of that's here. That's awesome, man. Fucking assholes. That's awesome. So, that's good. I remember my last point in the book. Technical solutions are usually sought after by social retards. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They are. That's what he was saying. Like you, did, I don't think he used the word retard. I think he used the word. They're not able to deal with neurotypical people. That was a word I picked up from the book. I really yeah. like. I can't. They can't deal there with neurotypical. Word he, yeah, maybe that was it. 
but it wasn't social retard. No. Because the reason I took offense today, because I feel a lot of times I, I think, can I solve this without talking to anyone? Without talking to anyone. <laughs> but so, but I'm just saying those. But here's how our society at this moment. So you can't patent social solutions, right? Yeah. Like you can't patent a porter at an airport. You can patent wheels on a suitcase. Right. So our 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 society is kind of slanted towards financially rewarding social retards. Because social retards are the ones, like they're the ones who don't want to deal with social solutions. Like they, they don't understand social solutions. They want to seek out technical solutions because they're kind of socially retarded. They don't deal well with people. Dude, look at Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and like Einstein. You know what I mean? Like there is a very consistent, every once in a while you'll have your, your you know, very per person who's good with technical solutions and has good social skills. But for the most part, most of the people who have had good, who've come up with technical solutions, tended to not be so socially adept, right? And so, you know, they're not the, uh, they're they're a little bit socially retarded in their ability to deal with people. So that's why they prefer finding technical solutions to everything. But you can patent technical solutions, so that allows you to accrue money. And and since we equate money with success. We're saying the most successful people in our society are the social retards who would rather find a technical solution than deal with people. And so again, it's like what, you know, I'm just saying, it's like when you wind it backwards, you realize like, huh, that is kind of the message we're sending. Like we're, we're trying to get women to emulate social retards. Is that really what we want? Is that really what we want? Do we? Is that really the... The pinnacle of success is your inability to deal with other human beings, and so you have to seek technical solutions for these things. Is that really where we want to push most of society to head in that direction? Because it, it kind of seems to be, like that's what we're saying. Like if you don't excel in science and engineering and in these, these fields that tend to appeal to you know, particularly men, because again, in the book he pointed out that men who excel at math aren't necessarily going to excel at, at other things. Women who excel at math tend to excel at everything. So they've got other options. And so we're basically saying these men who have no other options because of their social adeptness, who go into the science and engineering and computer fields because that appeals to them because of where they're at, we're basically trying to tell everyone this is where everyone in our society wants to go. You all want to emulate people like this. Is that really the best thing? Is that really what we want? You know? So, I don't think it is. I think we're really fucking things up. With, <laughs> I think we're fucking things up. So, I, I'm glad those people are there, but I think telling everybody that they need to emulate those people and that's what success looks like is, you know, being a computer programmer pulling down, you know, $500,000 a year and if you're not doing that and you're not working towards that, then you know, you're just leaving shit on the table and you're not being all you could be. Oh, you're just gonna be a mom or oh, you're just gonna be a dad, you know, fuck man. It's like, no, 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 man. That's what the vast majority of humans are programmed to wanna do. And there's a reason for that because that's what's good for the species, that's what's good for society. It's not good that we're, we're trying to drive people towards, you know, emulating people who don't wanna be social. So, and you can see it in, in our society. Like we don't know how to deal with people on a social level with technology because technology is invented for the most part by people who aren't socially adept. So 
I mean, who else would invent Facebook but some other fucker who did not want to actually deal with people, right? And then you look at that guy and you're like, oh yeah, that's why, you know, because you're a weird dude. So I can see why you would want to deal with people on the computer because in real life, you creep people the fuck speaking out. Speaking of that, oh, speaking of that. And then, then it really got I know, I know, I know, I know. Speaking of, so I never thought about this, but I heard, I heard this on a podcast. They were talking about what kids are doing nowadays. Nowadays. So is what's yeah. happening with these fucking high school kids nowadays and they all got their phones and social media. Like, so if you're at a party and you see this cute girl across the room, you know, you might kind of know her from class or whatever, but you'd go over and talk to her. You might get shot down and embarrassed or it might work out for you. Yeah. That was just how we did it. Yeah. Nowadays, these motherfuckers is what they do. So you, you see a cute girl across the room is what they do is they'll, they'll get on their phone, get on social media, even though they're at the same house, same party, they'll send her a friend request. You know, at, or something on Facebook or whatever the fuck it is, and then if she accepts it, then then you know it's okay to go over there and talk to her because you're, you're minimizing your chance of getting embarrassed or shot down. Mm. Oh, to, but if she ignores it, oh fuck it, well I'm not gonna go over there. You know, like I I heard they were talking about I can't remember what podcast I was listening to that that was how they're fucking working this game nowadays. I'm like you little fucking pussies, man. I was like, you gotta get shot down and embarrassed. Yeah, that's part of just growing it's up, part of man. It, man. That's part of it, it's dude. Part of it. Yeah. It hurts, it stings, but you fucking move on, man. I know. But now nah, they're they're using that tool to take that out. It's a shame. It is a shame. I heard man. that, but anyways. Anyways, we'll self correct. Humans will self correct. Hope so. Yeah, I have confidence. So, anyways. Anyways, all right, man. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. You got work tomorrow. I do. I gotta get some dinner, and you gotta get some dinner. And I gotta get some dinner. Go to bed. Snakey's looking for dinner. He always comes out, dude. I've not seen that guy since I got back. And you come over, and he is all over the place. Looking for his escape hatch. He is, man. He <laughs> is. He's trying to get out of there, dude. He's like, I'm out of here. So. All right. All right. Well. We'll fucking, uh, I'll see you on Saturday, Saturday. Yeah? Yep. if not Friday. You gonna get off early yeah. on Friday? Yep. Well, I'm, I'm gonna go snowboarding Friday. Oh, that's right. And then I'll be, right. I'll train Friday night. Okay, cool. Unless I break my fucking leg snowboarding or something. Oh, yeah, it's knock on wood, man. Nah, so, it should be good. I know, you'll be fine. Cool. So, all right. All right, man. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week.
up, he died!